Well, last Saturday night, I got to be a part of a, a special wedding. And uh, a matter of fact, it was over in the Denton area. And uh, there's a, a girl in our youth ministry who grew up here. Uh, her da- name is McKinley Clark. And McKinley grew up here. And don't worry about them. You'll be seeing them in a moment. I know you get disturbed. They're not mad at me or anything, okay? <laughs> but she came, to, she came and grew up in our church here as well as her brother and sister who are here this morning and her mother. And they had a father named Kyle. And Kyle uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, a while back. And he passed away eight years ago. I remember frequently praying over Kyle and asking God to heal him. I remember praying as hard as I've ever <clears throat> prayed in my life for God to heal him. And I remember praying saying, God, I, you will be so praised and everybody will know, I, I, God, you are glorified. And he, he had lived a lot longer than they ever thought he would. He had a brain tumor, but he eventually did pass. And I remember just, quite frankly, being disappointed not disappointed that he died, but disappointed that he wasn't healed. Uh, but I remember just thinking, God, we believe, and it's his wife, and it's Lord, we believe in you. We trust you. And um, you know what? I can't point back and tell you all the reasons that happened, but can I tell you this? Uh, that, that those two girls and that boy and their mother, uh, they went to Africa soon after that. And while they were in Africa, they worked with orphans in Africa, and they decided to start a home. And it's called Kyle's House. Matter of fact, I have the T-shirts. Some of you probably have the T-shirts. Uh, my wife said, can you get a new one of those? I mean, you just wear that all the time and you've worn it to death. But I love that shirt uh, because, one, because it's a cool shirt, but number two, because of what it represents. And now there are these children that live there that would not have a home. There are children that have come to know Christ because of their family's efforts, because of Kyle's house. And I do know this. Unfortunately, if that had not happened, this would have never happened. Now, that doesn't mean God always has to work that way or that there's always this divine story that we get to point back and fully understand and acquiesce. In that case, there are. As a matter of fact, last year they were up here as a cardboard testimony. And as I watched McKinley get married, that was so powerful and so moving to me to think of how his legacy continues to live on. And, and it's beautiful when you get to see that. But you know what? There are a lot of stories. We've got people in our church right now that are in serious shape, and uh, the doctors would call terminal. And it's not always easy to see that story, certainly not afterwards. We're not always able to see that. But it's interesting, as we speak this morning, about the subject of prayer. And by the way, I have these prayer bands. There's some out there. And I know, uh, as some would say, as our executive pastor would say, um, could you find an uglier prayer band to wear? Uh, I thought they were going to be actually army green. But nevertheless... Uh, I'm wearing this just to remind me over the next 40 days to pray. What are you asking? What should I be praying about? Well, actually praying about all things, just to pray for number one. Number two, about some of the testimonies that you will see today. The men of Nehemiah, our church, and our students and children to remember to pray for God's mercy and God's sovereign justice upon our world and upon our nation. And as we pray these things, as Christians come together to pray, I believe that God hears us because First John chapter 5, verse 14 says this. It says, we can know this. It is, we can have this confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, 
he hears us. When we pray, he hears us. You know, sometimes my children ask for things. They start making requests. And sometimes when they ask for things, I don't respond. I know, you probably think I'm a bad parent, don't you? But sometimes it's because I've already given them the answer. Sometimes because it's a request that they know better. Sometimes uh, they ask, and I, I want them to think about it. And quite frankly, I want to think about it. Now, God doesn't have to think about it, but I want to think about it. And sometimes I don't give an automatic answer. I don't automatically say yes or no. Sometimes I've already said no. Very rare occasions I've already said yes. Sometimes I just want them to wait. Sometimes I want them to think. Sometimes I want them to think about what they're asking for. Do you really, really want this? Can I tell you this? We know that when we ask according to his will, he hears us. He hears every one of our prayers. And that is so powerful and so amazing. But I want to give you four prayers this morning that are all straight from the Bible that I want to encourage you to pray in your life. We know that God hears us. And sometimes he responds yes, sometimes he responds no, sometimes he says wait, and sometimes there's just silence. But we know that God hears us if we are praying according to his will. And I want to give you four prayers out of the Bible. Are you ready? And these are great prayers to mark. If you have your Bible with you, I would mark these. And the first one is this. Scriptures we should pray. Psalm 66, 18. And this is a prayer of David. Psalm 66, 18. And this is what the psalm said here. He said, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. In other words, when there is a known sin in our life, and we're praying for God to do some things, but we're not dealing with it. I'm not just talking about the occasional bad thought. I'm not talking about the things that just come into your mind. I'm talking about something you are consciously aware of that you've not dealt with, that you're just saying, I'm not going to be able to deal with that. Yes, I have, yes, I have a pornography problem. Or, or yes, I've got uh, some problems. You know, there, I've been unfaithful in my marriage. Or yes, whatever. I'm just going to ignore that. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to block it out. And God wants us to confess our sins. He asks us, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. John said that earlier in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. When there is a convicted sin, a known sin, and we just try to cover it up, and we're asking God for other things, he's saying, I want you to deal with this. Sometimes I ask my children to clean their room. They go, can I watch TV? Can we do a screen to clean your room? It comes a point, I just go... What I tell you? I'm not going to answer you anymore. If you're not going to do what I ask you to do, if you're not going to deal with what you're clearly been instructed to do, we're just going to wait. You can ask all you want, but until you've done what Dad has asked you to do, we're just going to wait. Another powerful prayer for us to pray and for us to understand is James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it upon your passions or upon your flesh or upon your lust or whatever your translation might say. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. What does that mean to ask wrongly? Well, you ask with the wrong motive of heart. It's not about his kingdom. It becomes about 
your desires. It's not about his glory or his will or things that would improve the kingdom or bring glory to the kingdom. It's about your passions. It's about your greed. (laughs) You don't have to raise your hand um, because that would be embarrassing. But I've had people, and I think they were sincere. They've come up and they've asked me for it. You know, would you just pray that I win the lottery? I'm winning. I'm playing the lottery. If you'll just pray that I win the lottery, I'm going to give a lot of that money to the church. Can I tell you this? God doesn't need you to play the lottery to win for the church. Church is going to be fine. And yes, God can do things through people's money and through them giving. And we are supposed to give. But, you know, I never have the courage to ask. I want to go, but are you giving now with what God's given you? And I would guess no. You're waiting. And, and here's the truth. You're not really doing that for God's glory. You're not going, you know, I just want to do some amazing things for God. That ain't the, God doesn't need that. It's not the way he works. And the truth of it is, you just want free money for nothing. It's what you're really asking for. So I personally don't believe that's the prayer God's listening to. Because that's about praying to our flesh and consuming. I know some of you are mad right now, but maybe you ought to get over it. I'm just reading the word of God to you. <laughs> Number three, I'm, asking, I'm telling you how to hear, how God to hear your prayer and receive your prayer. Daniel 9, 18. I love this one. Daniel 9, 18. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolation in the sea that's called by your name. We do not, catch this right here, we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. We don't pray, God, because we're so good. Now, I know the Bible tells us that as believers in Christ, we have been imputed or we have been given Christ's righteousness. So we're received before God as righteous. As a matter of fact, Martin Luther put it this way, that it's a, a, a Latin term called simul justus et peccator. Simul justus et peccator. Simul means at the same time. Justus is our word for justice or righteousness. Et means and. Of course, where I'm from, it means time to eat, but or you just got through eating, but et means and. I'm righteous and sinful at the same time. I've been covered by his grace, by his blood, and so I have been imputed, I've been given righteousness, but yet I'm still a sinner. And here's the truth. God doesn't answer our prayers because we're so good because we're without sin, because we deserve it. We don't receive our salvation. We don't receive any blessing, but by the grace and by the mercy of God. When I give my children money or when I give my children blessing, almost never is it because they've earned it, but because they are my children and I've chosen to give them mercy, to give them grace, to bless them. Not because of what they've done, not because of what they earned, but because of who they are and because of who I am. And that's the picture of how God answers our prayers. Not because, God, I've done this, 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 and this for you. Why don't you do this for me? Now you're praying amiss, like James said. You're asking in the wrong spirit. God, not because I deserve it, but because, God, I seek you. Because, God, I need you. Because, God, I'm asking, and this is what I'm asking you to heal. This is how I'm asking you to pay. This is what I'm asking you to do. But I recognize it will be only because of your mercy, not because I deserve it nor have earned it. 
And then last, Mark chapter 9. Uh, this is a prayer we all ought to pray pretty much every day. Uh, Mark nine twenty four. It reminds me of a prayer that uh, I sometimes pray, and I was sharing with my neighbor here a couple of weeks ago. It's a prayer that sometimes I pray. I'll, maybe you're like me. Dear, dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or, or indulgent. I'm really glad that I've done so well today. But in just a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And then I'm going to probably need a lot of help. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth for most of us? The story behind this, there's a man who has a son. He's a poor man. He doesn't have anything. He's having to ask for mercy. And his son is, uh, it seems to be possessed. And this spirit torments him and throws him around. And he's just suffered all his life. And the, Jesus asked him how long has he suffered. It was since he was a small child. Many times the spirit takes him and it disheavels him. He beats himself. He batters himself and even tries to throw him into the water. And, but nothing can be done. And I've, he's been everywhere. He's asked the disciples. He's asked everyone, I, I need help. And no one's been able to do anything. And he comes to Jesus and he said, if, if, if you can, if, if possible, will you heal him? And Jesus said, hey, all things are possible for him who believes. And then he says this immediately after that the father cries out to him and says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Are there doubts in my mind and in my heart? Yes, but Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my uh, infant faith. Lord, help my infant prayers. Lord, help my childish faith, my childish prayer. God, grow me, give me understanding. Lord, I believe. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. And when he says this, Jesus heals them. Why? Because he's recognizing his great need, his inability to do anything about it. And he's asking on behalf of his child. And so Jesus heals him. Jesus does it. You know, it's interesting. Why am I here today? Why am I standing on this stage preaching? And and for that fact, why are you here listening? Why are you a part of this service? Why are we here? Can I tell you this? One of the reasons we're here is because um, one day I was, let me say this. First of all, one of the reasons we're here is because we have a, God has blessed us with a great staff, great elder board, great leadership, great ministries, and great volunteers. That's one of the reasons you're here, okay? God has blessed us in that capacity. But if I go back one day, we were in Briar Hill Middle School, and the school told us, you can only stay here for two years unless you find property and a place to go, and then we'll extend that longer. And so I was driving down the road, and I happened to see a sign that day at that time that that owner happened to be down here from Missouri, just in that short period of time, just that one day, just those few hours that he was on this property. And I happened to just call on that day. And God opened up that we were able to get this property, and that's one of the reasons that we're here. And the reason that we were at that school, because the original school that we had start at, started at, which was E.P. Razor in Lantana, we were called the Church at Lantana, by the way, for our first year, and this was about 14 years ago. 
while we're there, the Denton Independent School District came and said, hey, you can only be here one year. And so the principal said, you can only be, stay here for one year. So that's the reason we had to leave. We had to change our name because we had no idea where we were going. We're kind of like the children of Israel. We didn't know where we were going. We just knew there was a promised land somewhere at the end of it. And we're going through the desert. We went to Highland Village. We went to all these different places that we had to meet. And I'm not saying Highland Village is a desert, by the way. You know that. But... Uh, we had to go to Briar Hill. We had to leave that school. We had to change our name. We had to take, as my wife said, we had to take all our little pins that said uh, the, church, the church at Lantana. We had to get rid of those, our T-shirts, everything that we had because God was moving us. We had to move. And one of the reasons we were there that we had planted because early on when my wife and I were dating, I told her, hey, I think I might want to plant a church one day. And she said, I don't think so. Uh, that doesn't sound, you mean where there's a bunch of people and there's a building waiting for you? She goes, no, I don't think God's leading me to do that, Bubba. And uh, we had just gotten married and we started praying. I said, we'll just pray about it. We'll see what God does. And so I was about to go take a church in Atlanta and I was getting ready to take this church in Atlanta. And the pastor said a word and she had prayed fervently before we got there. And that word was exactly what God had placed on her heart. So when we got on the plane, she said, I'll come here or I'll go plant whatever God said, whatever you think. God has given me a word that, it, that I'm ready. He's spoken to me. So I said, all right, let's go plant. So that's why we came here. But, but you know what? Before I got there, you know why I was there? Because one day I was, I'd been working at a church in Euless. Matter of fact, first Euless, I was, I was serving there. And God had just really impressed upon my heart. It was time to go. And so I was going to take another church in Houston, but I wasn't feeling peace, peaceful about it. And God was just stirring in me. And so I had just got off the phone telling that, that pastor I'm not going to come after I told the pastor that I'm working with that I was going to come. It's kind of a unique situation to be in. It doesn't sound very intelligent, does it? <laughs> and about that time, the phone rings, and it's my old mentor. He goes, hey, I really want you to come over here and work with me at Prestonwood. My first thought was, I'm not going over. I told him, I'm not going to that big, rich church because I grew up in Louisiana with 100 people. And uh, I said, I'm not going over there. He said, I just want you to pray about it. He said, well, you come talk to me. So we went and talked, and I told him, I said, if I come here, I'm not going to stay a year. He goes, that's okay. A lot of people don't make it a year here. And uh, <clears throat> so I agreed, I agreed to come. And the reason I was in that position is that you, you file back about five, six years before that, I'm teaching school. I'm coaching in a small school, in, a small high school over in Louisiana, a little double-A high school over there. And um, a friend of mine, uh, and I was also serving just part-time, just kind of a leader, kind of a youth director role at a little small church. And a friend of mine had left and gone to seminary up north. And I remember talking to him. I'm going, Greg, why did you go up there? He goes, God just really convicted me that I'd never stepped out on faith, that I needed to step out on faith and trust him. And I just needed some biblical training. And I needed to go where nobody knew my name and just trust him. And I thought the whole reason I'm staying here is because everybody knows my name. It's comfortable. It's easy. <clears throat> I need some biblical training too if I'm going to teach the kids that I'm working with. And so I decided to do it. <clears throat> and so that's how I ended up in Dallas-Fort Worth. But you take a step back from there. How did I end up there? Well, because <clears throat> my, after my junior year, one of my dad's friends who was a pastor said, hey, you need to go work at this camp, this boys camp, this Christian boys camp. And so I thought, okay, I'll go do that. If it's not that, I'm going to be mowing lawns all summer, so I'll go do that. And so I did that, and God really spoke to me. He really transformed my life because there were all these, boy, all these college students <clears throat> working there and all these seminary students who loved Jesus, and it so ignited my faith that I said, God, I want, to, I want you to be completely in control. Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And it transformed my Christian life. And before that, 
Uh, I'll never forget, I was 15 years old. I was over visiting my Nana. She's 80 years old. And uh, my grandfather had been a minister. He had passed away, but he, she was 80 years old. I'll never forget sitting at her table one day having breakfast, just, just my Nana and I, a 15-year-old boy. And she goes, Ron, you know something? I pray for you. I pray every day that if it's God's will that he would uh, make you a pastor, that you would come. And I really feel like that's what he's going to do. And I remember thinking, you're nuts, Nana. I'm going to play professional baseball. That's what I'm going to do. I was the one who was nuts, by the way. That's what I'm going to do. And I'll never forget, I was thinking, I, am, I tell you this one thing, I am not going to be a preacher. I got no desire to be a preacher. You know why I'm here? You know why you're here today? Because my Nana prayed a prayer. Seriously. It was Nana. It was 80-year-old one. And guess what? She never got to see me be a pastor. She sees it now in glory. Yes, because seven years later, she'd pass away. So she never got to see me be a pastor. But don't tell me prayers don't make a difference. It doesn't mean you always get to see the full fruition of what God is doing, but he is always working. Now, I want to give you some prayer options. I want to conclude our time here with some prayer options, some things that you can do that are real simple, particularly when you come here. Pray in your car before you get out. Or maybe pray before you leave. If you're like me and you've got children, you might want to pray before you leave. But make that a part of your routine before you walk out here to pray in your car. Number two, pray over certain ministry areas. If you are checking your children into children's areas or the student ministry, when you go over those halls, just stop for a moment and just pray that God would speak to them, that he would work through our workers and through our leaders. Number three, pray in the prayer room. We have a prayer room designated for prayer. You can go in there anytime you like and pray. We were, we're having several designated prayer times we're going to begin to have at 1030 on Tuesday mornings. I know most of you work, but it's just a time that's going to be open for people to come in here and pray. Uh, Six o'clock on Wednesday nights. Matter of fact, this Wednesday, we're going to have a special time from 630 to 730. So if you want to come at 630, I want to encourage you to come and be a part of our prayer time here at 630 this Wednesday night. Another place you can pray is in our worship center. When you get here in the morning, when you come into worship, feel free to come up here and pray at the altar. Maybe you just want to walk away. Maybe you just want to sit and pray in your seat, which is something else that you can do. You can pray in the worship center. You can pray at the altar. You can pray in your seat. Uh, You can do a prayer walk around here and just take a moment to just walk around this facility and pray or walk inside here and pray. And then we also have prayer stations, and maybe you've seen these little concrete things that are in front of the parking lot, and you wonder what they are. Those are prayer stations, and if you go to rpc.fm slash ps1, you can start at the first one, and I challenge you to do this at least a couple times a year. It'll just walk you through how you can pray, and then you can go to the next one, and it's very powerful, very meaningful, and I encourage you to pray. The big thing is I'm just asking you to make prayer a priority. If you want to pick up one of these uh, bands when you walk out, just say, for the next 40 days, I'm going to covenant to pray. I'm going to pray as much as I can, when I can. Every time I see that prayer, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray uh, for somebody's testimony, for somebody God has put on my heart. I'm going to pray that God would transform me. I'm going to make it a course of action in my life to pray more. And that's all this is, is a reminder. I want to invite you to commit to pray. You're about to see testimonies, some of which are miraculous, some of which they're still in the process, some of which we don't know what's going to happen. I want to tell you about one real quick before we begin here. Powerful, uh, I believe it's so powerful for me personally. 
Uh, about 10 years ago, there was a guy that came on our staff. His name was Rob Reed. Rob is one of the most intelligent ministers I've ever met in my life. Just a thoroughly bright young man, uh, just very, very intelligent. Rob had uh, gone through a drug addiction. Matter of fact, some of you remember what happened in Plano years and years ago. He was a heroin addict when he was a high school uh, student at Plano High School. And uh, he had gone through 13 treatment centers before he got to the house of Isaiah where he accepted Christ and then had his life completely transformed, went to seminary, started at DTS, started working with us. And uh, when we, the first time we ever did cardboard testimonies, which was probably about eight years ago, he started it off. He was the very first one. He had on there, I was a heroin addict and had been in 13 tre- treatment centers. And he turned it over. And God saved me and transformed my life. And I'm now a minister here at this church. Powerful. You, know, you want to know what else is powerful? His little eight-year-old girl will be here today. And she'll be turning her card over because she accepted Christ last week and then she's going to be baptized and along with her sisters because she trusted Christ and her dad started that eight years ago and he prayed for his little girl and he didn't get to see this day he sees it now and there'll be story after story after story would you take just a moment to pray for them as they come and prepare your heart to receive and if God speaks to you I want to encourage you to respond to them this morning Let these testimonies and stories speak to your heart. Father, use the men, women, and children that are about to come, Lord, to touch the hearts of our people. For those, Lord, who identify with that sign, Lord, today I pray that they take a step toward you, whether that be for salvation, for healing, Lord, for accountability, for comfort, for encouragement. Lord, I pray that we would be brave enough to take that step toward you and glorify your name, Lord. Use these men and women, these boys and girls, to bring glory to your kingdom this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen.